Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. The countdown is on. Super Bowl 57 coming up on Sunday. Media night is tonight. Got a chance for some wacky wild questions. In as Super Bowl, as uh, the Chiefs and Eagles get ready to play in the Super Bowl on Sunday, it's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Michael Rothstein, filling in for the guys this afternoon. ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. It's always, it always to me the the, the week bef- between the Super Bowl, the two weeks we have between the championship games and then the Super Bowl, it seems to take forever. Whereas we get in this rhythm as fans, Michael, of being able to watch games each and every week, it just seems like it takes an eternity to get to the Super Bowl. I cannot imagine what it actually feels like to be a player to have to wait that long. But for both of these teams, they have quarterbacks who are banged up. So I'm sure they're a little excited might be the wrong word, but at least they're going to be happy that their quarterbacks have more time to potentially recover from those injuries. Well, I I wouldn't even go there, there's more of a thought process when it comes to playing in the Super Bowl, but you're happy having this second week. A, you get to be a little healthier. B, there is a ton of hoopla around the actual game itself and the week itself. So almost all of the game planning, almost all of the strategy will go in this week. And next week, you'll start to see a little bit more if you're a player. This is based on understanding from talking to guys who've been in this situation, that you'll see a few things added, a few more wrinkles here and there. But the majority of the work is done by the time they're heading to Arizona, Gabe. And so to that to that point, I don't know if they sit there and say that. They're probably like, okay, hey, I got a little bit more time to rest. Let my body heal. Imagine that I'm actually going to be in this game. This one to me, though, this is an interesting, interesting game, Gabe, because – we're seeing a really good offense against maybe the best team in the league. Yeah, with the Kansas City Chiefs, what they've been able to do with Patrick Mahomes. But it does feel like the Eagles are maybe a little bit more complete, especially with the way they can run Jalen Hurts at times. But Rob Ninkovich, ESPN NFL analyst, had this to say about the the injury that Hurts is dealing with and how that's going to determine how the Eagles play earlier today on this just it. I just want to see if they can get back to where they were at previously before Hurts hurt his shoulder because with that injury, we we saw a production level of the offense decline, definitely decline. And since he's been back, 25% across the board of his production has been reduced by 25%. 40% in the running game has been reduced since his return. So to get back into the swing of things with that offensive line running the football, running the zone read, running the RPOs, that's what puts the defense in a bind. When you have a quarterback that is reading where the defenders are and then reading where the safeties are because that's when the safeties have to come down to stop the run. He takes a shot over the top. And I, and I really think that if they could just get back to the, before the injury happened, just get back to the way you were playing offense, I think the Eagles can get it done. Man, that music game. <laughs> I felt like I was in the club <laughs> right there. I'm like, I was like, oons, oons, oons. all right, let's get rocking and rolling. I, I was right. Rob Ninkovich, man, that combined with the music overlay, well done, Rob Ninkovich, and whoever produced that for this just then. So when it comes to the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, I mean, I think about that and maybe the production that they've had. Do you think the Eagles maybe were a little fortunate with what they had to face in the NFC side of the bracket? They they take on a, a Giants squad that they, they certainly could overpower. I mean, the Giants to win a postseason game to me, is a little ahead of schedule based on the lack of weapons they have offensively. And then you end up facing a team 
who their quarterback, their third quarterback gets hurt, their fourth quarterback gets hurt, so they have to put Purdy back in, and it was very obvious he couldn't throw the ball down the field, and they just end up dominating this game, that game. They weren't pushed the way that the Chiefs had to be pushed in the AFC Championship game. Do you think that lack of testing on the NFC side of the bracket could potentially hurt the Eagles going into this game? No, I don't. Not in the slightest. You play who's in front of you, and you beat who's in front of you at this point in the year. That's the only thing you can do. Now, I don't Gabe, I don't buy that in the slightest. If anything, I think it might be an advantage for the Eagles because they also showed, hey, these are teams you're supposed to beat, and what did you do? You beat them pretty convincingly, so you know you are where you need to be. It's not like you haven't been in close games. Don't forget, they got their test toward the end of the regular season because they played without Jalen Hurts for close to a month, and they had to still hang in those games. I don't buy that. At all. If anything, it's a benefit to the Eagles because the Eagles did not have to deal with guys being hurt like Patrick Mahomes, like Nicole Hardman. They were able to play, play well, and they can go in very confident where there are questions surrounding Kansas City because of the ankle of Patrick Mahomes. Well, you mentioned the injury. Let's go ahead and get the latest on that. That's what Diana Rossini provided today, ESPN NFL reporter, on this just in. He told me that it's really sore at this point still, but he's getting closer to 100%. So the overall concern for this team and this offense, it's not too high. As they, they know Patrick Mahomes is going to go out there and not really want to do anything different than what we've seen him do and what we saw him do in the AFC game. And we saw him, when push came to shove, he could get moving a little bit on that ankle. Certainly there were times where he was limping around on it, where he looked uncomfortable after having to throw off of it. But when he needed to pick up that key first down late in the game against the Bengals, he was able to put it into that extra gear, get past the sticks, and then the flag that followed it. But we, we've seen Mahomes with a game playing with this. And I guess that means I'm, I'm just not concerned about him. I saw that he can play and be efficient on the ankle. And then having two weeks to have that thing heal and potentially get better. After seeing him, I, I guess I just don't have any concerns about that being something that slows him down on Sunday. No, it's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. He's going to do everything possible to get out there. We saw that a few weeks ago. Presumably he is closer to better health. I refuse to say 100% like our wonderful colleague Diana Rossini said, Patrick Mahomes said, because at this time of year, you're not 100% if you play in the NFL. I don't even care if you're the kicker or the punter or the long snapper. It just doesn't happen. The game's too darn physical. Patrick Mahomes, the 100% that Patrick Mahomes is talking about, just to be very clear for our listeners here, is probably an 85% of being 100% of 85%, which is where most players would probably be at That's this point of in the year. That's it a is. lot of numbers. That's Michael. a lot of math, Gabe. Yeah. We're, we're talkers. We're not mathers. No, I get no. it. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, I know you went to Syracuse. I, I went to UW Platteville. We, you know, and it's known for engineers, but I did not take a lot of math classes. Well, well last you I checked, and you, need, you need you need math in engineering, right, Gabe? I took one math class at Syracuse, and I made a terrible mistake, Gabe. Because you had two options for this class. <laughs> okay. All right. It was 101 or 201. 101, you got to have open book for every test. 201, you did not. Well, I was a 17-year-old cocky human being, and I said, you know what? I want to make this hard on myself. Why I'm going to take the one that you can't use the open book for. <laughs> um, because I'm an idiot, Gabe Neitzel. <laughs> that is why. Because oomps, I am an oomps, idiot. Oomps, oomps, oomps. <laughs> <laughs> oomps, oomps, oomps. 
Yeah, I, I think we've established that. In this 10 minutes, we have established the <laughs> the pattern of behavior for Michael Rothstein that has been going on since he was 17 years old. <laughs> My father is having horrible nightmares if he's listening to this right now. Oh, man. Like, I, I, I have no idea what you were saying. Like, I was trying to follow the numbers, and I just couldn't follow... <laughs> You know, it's like one of those guys, okay, you got to follow, you know, the, the hidden ball trick underneath all the hats. And I just, I have no Wait, idea you, where you that, get lost where that in is. that. That's like a really easy game. Yeah. Again, you want to talk about people being idiots. You're looking at the big idiot right over here. I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm not those are your words, not mine. Oh, 100 percent. OK, just being clear. Yeah. No, you're not calling me an idiot. I'm calling me an idiot. Just Fair so I call perfect. me an idiot all the time. So we're just two idiots here doing ESPN radio, filling in for Canty and Carlin today. Yeah, Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio, presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. <laughs> They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Aaron Rodgers, because it's the NFL and Aaron Rodgers, you know, has to steal headlines from time to time. He's still undecided about his NFL future, but that didn't prevent him from potentially talking about it because he was in the spotlight over the weekend. It ended up being a shortened tournament for the amateurs playing in the 2023 Pebble Beach Pro-Am out there in California. But Aaron Rodgers ended up winning the amateur, the Pro-Am events with his his partner, Ben Silverman. Rodgers couldn't help it. Rodgers just had to keep on talking about it uh, throughout the course of the weekend. Here is Aaron Rodgers um, talking about uh, what people were yelling at him about on the golf course. A lot of people yell on different teams they want me to come to next year, um, which has been fun because uh, we got a little uh, inside bet going about which team's going to have the most fans, but uh, it's been fun. I was going to say that for my last question, but you're leading me right into it. Is there maybe like a favorite color, favorite city that you might have on your mind for next season? I'm just going to say that the uh, predominant uh, team that we hear as we're walking is Raiders. A lot of a lot of Raider fans <laughs> are encouraging me. A lot of Devonte misses you comments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we're having some fun with it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on CBS with uh, Amanda Balionis Renner, who was doing the interview for the CBS golf team last week. The hot team was the Jets. Everybody was talking about Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. Now, thanks to the help of Devontae Adams on Twitter, and then yesterday at the Pro Bowl as well, Michael, the Raiders are the team of the week that Aaron Rodgers could potentially go to. Does a trade, if Aaron Rodgers wants to come back and doesn't want to play for the Green Bay Packers, does a trade to the Las Vegas Raiders make sense? Sure, and don't forget, there's one other reason why all of a sudden the Raiders are in this conversation, Gabe. And that is because Tom Brady decided to have a sandcastles in the sand moment and retire on the beach randomly somewhere in California. I presume in California, maybe in Florida. I'm not exactly sure where Tom Brady was, but that opened up the very obvious connection with the Raiders because before that, it looked like a lot of people thought Tom Brady would end up with the Raiders. So now people have to recalculate their projections and their prognostications. And Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of sense there because of that relationship with Devontae Adams and the receivers and the offensive pieces that they already have because you're talking about Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs. It would make a lot of sense if he wanted to go that route. I still think the Jets would also make a lot of sense if he wants to go that route because they have a lot of young players and they also have a guy in Nathaniel Hackett who Aaron Rodgers has worked well with before 
To me, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, Gabe Neitzel, and I decide I don't want to be in Green Bay, I am absolutely jumping on the phone with Tom Brady to ask him everything possible about Josh McDaniels to see if that can work as a relationship between quarterback and head coach. Because as you know, because you've covered Aaron Rodgers, if they can't figure that out on the front end, it is not worth even attempting to try anything in terms of facilitating a trade. The Raiders make the most sense to me. If Rodgers is going to come back, because again, that's still what he he says. He's still deciding of whether or not he wants to even play football in 2023. And then after that decision, he has to have conversations with the Green Bay Packers about if the Packers want him, if the Packers want him back, if he wants to be back with the Packers, which is going to be its own game of chicken when that happens. But if he ends up getting traded, to me, the Raiders make the most sense, and here's why. Since the latest collective bargaining agreement came together, Aaron Rodgers was one of those veteran players who was a proponent for even taking more things away from what teams can do with players for the offseason. He wants to make it so team players can be away from their, their teams more often and um, kind of leave it up to yourself to do your training and, and do your conditioning, and then you show up for training camp, you know, outside of maybe the one mandatory mini camp that goes on, which, Aaron, which is the only thing Aaron Rodgers showed up to, by the way, recently for the Packers. He doesn't want to do offseason stuff. But if you get traded to a new team, it's almost like you have to do a lot of that stuff. If he gets traded to the Jets, he's going to have to work with Garrett Wilson. He's going to have to work with Elijah Moore. He's going to have to work, yes, with Nathaniel Hackett and that team and trying to figure out what that offense. But in terms of off-season work, you put him with Devontae Adams, he's probably going to feel like he doesn't have to show up because those two had such a connection in Green Bay where Rodgers would talk about Yeah, I'd just look at 17. He would see what I'm seeing. Wouldn't even have to give him a hand signal, and they would know what route Devontae Adams was going to run. And that's, to me, in the NFL, if you have somebody on the same page as you that much, like that's just magic. And I'm sure he would love to have that once again after going through a season where he did not have that and the Packers struggled and missed the playoffs. Well, there's also this, Gabe. I don't care whether he's got Devontae Adams or not. He's going to have to show up because he's still, even though he's 39, 40 years old, he's going to be in the hall. Well, but think of this. Think of this logically. You're still the new guy in a workplace, right? You still have to create chemistry with those players. And if Aaron Rodgers knows anything, he knows that takes a while for guys like Aaron Rodgers, because we have seen it over and over again as they've cycled through different receivers in Green Bay. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I'm somewhere else, I'm showing up to every possible workout. I'm having guys out to wherever he wants to work out in Montana or California or Marrakesh or you know <laughs> Durban and South Africa, wherever he wants to take the guys, Greenland, wherever you want to go, Aaron Rodgers, bring all your receivers, your tight ends, your running backs with you because you need to develop that chemistry. We're not talking about a 26-year-old guy here, Gabe. He's got one, two years to be able to pull this off, and I think he will realize that and take every opportunity to do so because he strikes me as somebody who wants, even though he sometimes talks a different type of game, he's going to want to make sure that it's going to work if he's going to go somewhere other than Green Bay. Again, you say that, but the Green Bay Packers had, they traded away Devontae Adams. The only, I mean, they had two familiar wide receivers that they returned in Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, but they also brought in, they drafted three new guys. They brought in Sammy Watkins this offseason that did not go well for them. They had so many new pass catchers available 
and he still blew off the offseason stuff. But, but that's he all... still decided not to show up for the new rookies that showed up in Green Bay. I don't see him wanting to show up no matter where he goes because he values his offseason time, and he thinks that that is Aaron Rodgers' time, not Packers' time or Raiders' time or Jets' time or whatever team he goes to time. See, I respect that, and I appreciate that for Aaron Rodgers. I'm someone myself who very much values their vacation time. When I go on vacation, I usually try to leave the country so that my my bosses cannot find me and cannot (laughs) contact me. Seriously, it's the best way to do it. However, the difference between Green Bay and everywhere else is Green Bay was very clearly his team, his franchise. He made the rules. I don't care what LaFleur or Guttenkust or McCarthy, it was Aaron Rodgers' rules there by the end of all of this. If he goes somewhere else, it is not necessarily going to be that way, so he's going to have to conform a little bit to the rules and to making it work. So, yes, I think he would show up. Now, if he ends up being there two to three years, yeah, maybe year two, year three, you're, you're not seeing him. But year one? Absolutely, I would expect that he would be there. Maybe not for everyone, but the vast majority of them. Again, I think that makes sense, but we're also dealing with somebody who has done things that haven't made a, a ton of sense the last couple of off-seasons. Here's Mike Tannebaum, ESPN NFL analyst on Get Up This Morning. He's agreeing with us. He thinks Rodgers to the Raiders would be a win-win situation. To me, this could be a win-win from a standpoint that Rodgers gets to go to Vegas where they had nine one-score losses. In those games, Derek Carr threw seven second-half interceptions. So this team is close. I understand it's Andy Reid and Sean Payne, but if you're Aaron Rodgers and you believe in yourself, maybe you're the one piece that's outcome determinative to get this very talented offense over the hump. Again, I don't think it's just Rodgers believing in himself. I think it's Rodgers having that belief and knowing that he would have somebody, the quality, the caliber of Devontae Adams on the outside. I, the way he talked, I mean, because he could easily, over the weekend on CBS, just shut down everything. Like, hey, haven't even decided if I'm going to be playing next year. I'd love to retire a Packer, like I've said many times. But instead, he, and, and this has been true of him his entire career, whenever he says something, there's always a meaning behind it. He says things with a purpose. He doesn't throw anything out there willy-nilly. So for him to put out there that the Raiders and the fans there are really pushing for the Raiders, like, clearly this is, to me, something that he's thought about and something he potentially wants. 100%. Aaron Rodgers is not a guy who speaks without, like you said, intent. He's not somebody who is going to just say something and then immediately backtrack and be like, no, 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 I didn't mean to say that. Like uh, our good buddy Jim Beheim, who was talking about NIL, uh, you know, has released a statement saying, oh, no, just kidding, Wake Forest. Like Aaron Rodgers will never do that. Aaron Rodgers, maybe sometimes to a fault, even if he is wrong, will dig his heels in the sand or the turf or whatever you want to call it and not let go of that until he absolutely has to. You've seen that, Gabe, with certain reporters, mm-hmm. certain ESPN colleagues named Rob Domofsky even. So to me, he's not saying this if he hasn't thought this through. And the fact that he said not San Francisco, that actually cracked me up because if he wanted to create some sort of intrigue, that's one way to do it, too, because San Francisco would be a place that would make a lot of sense for him as well if he wanted to kind of close his career in a maybe place that a lot of people thought Tom Brady would, but also would give him maybe the best chance to win a Super Bowl of any of these teams that we're talking about. Coming up next, we're going to head out to Vegas for some early betting angles as the Chiefs and Eagles get ready to play in the Super Bowl. That's next on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. But first, Michael has this from Indeed. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It doesn't matter if there are games going on in season, postseason, off season. Woj is always dropping bombs. And we got another one. Adrian Wojnarowski uh, tweeting out and reporting that Nets-Mavs trade, it still has not been made official with the league office because the Nets are evaluating opportunities to expand this deal with a third team. Teams are expected to make the two-way deal official within the next couple of hours unless the Nets find something bigger to fold into it. It's Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Michael Rothstein, filling in for the guys today. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. I can't imagine (laughs) that this is going to make that much of a difference in terms of the big pieces involved, right, Michael? It's still, it's not like suddenly the Mavs are going to be cool if the Lakers come in last second and Kyrie becomes, you know, a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't feel like that's the third team or something wild is going to happen as part of the trade because of that. But it's not shocking that the Nets are trying to maximize their value and try to set themselves up for either more players, more picks, what have you. If you're the Nets, you want to get the most out of it that you possibly can. Of course you want to do that. I'd be curious if the Mavs maybe felt like they rushed into it a little bit and they're like, well, let me think about this for just a second. Do I actually think that that's happening? No, because Adj Woj reported that the two-way deal is expected to be made official in the next couple of hours, which means it seems like the principles are still in play for the main the main players, but perhaps remember the one part of this, the one guy in here that has not been talked about at all by anybody is the fact that Markeith Morris is also on the move. So maybe, <laughs> so maybe say, no, here's the truth of it. Maybe someone wants Markeith Morris and then that shifts things around. Maybe someone wants Dorian Finney Smith and that moves some things around to me, the pieces that you're pro or the players rather that you're probably not seeing move off of where they're headed are Kyrie Irving and I'm guessing Spencer Dinwiddie because of the familiarity the Mets have with Spencer Dinwiddie. But it is intriguing that the Nets are trying to add to this because it could also be they're, they're going to work with any team, not just a Western Conference team. There, there were reports last night that Joe Sy, the Nets owner, only wanted to work with teams that were not the Lakers and presumably teams in the Western Conference so you don't have to face Kyrie. If there's a third team involved, one would think that really the whole league is open. And if you're the Nets and you can get another pick, maybe one before 2027, you might want to do that. Yeah, and and again, just because that third team, 
yeah, maybe they get one of the ancillary parts. But this to me, because again, Kyrie Irving was due to be in Dallas today, even though the trade was not made official because he needed to take a physical. The Mavs doctors needed to take a look at him and make sure that he was good to go before they gave their sign off on the deal. So yeah, maybe another team becomes involved in this, but also according to Woj, They've put a, a deadline on it. You only have a couple of hours to potentially uh, get this done. Um, Tim McMahon, meanwhile, says the Mavs understand Brooklyn exploring ways for the Nets to expand the deal. But Dallas, the reason why they put this um, kind of two-hour window, because they need the deal done today, because the plan is for Kyrie Irving to join the team in L.A. for practice tomorrow and then play Wednesday night against the Clippers. So they want to go fly him into Dallas get him cleared there, get him out to with the team so it's not just, okay, here I am, put me in the lineup, coach. They want him to at least practice and go through a shoot-around first before he ends up playing his first game as a member of the Dallas Mavericks. Well, there's also this, too, that Woj tweeted, and we don't know if it's necessarily going to be tied to this particular conversation, but this is another Woj tweet, quote, Many conversations in the league are going through one team today, the Toronto Raptors. So perhaps the Raptors are a third team in this trying to get an ancillary player, a sixth man, a seventh man, that they feel like can help get them over the top here in the Eastern Conference, which is the much more difficult conference this season in the NBA. So a lot seems to be at play here. And I, I love the intrigue, Gabe Neitzel, because the fact that we're talking about a mystery team, it's like, you know, that mystery box. Like, you remember playing Mario Kart and, like, you'd have the mystery box that, and you didn't know what you were going to get out of that? Like, this is what I feel like we're waiting for here. Like, we're driving around. You got Kyrie, uh, you know, as as one of the one of the Mario Kart people. You've got Kevin Durant. We'll call him, put him as Mario. And then you got the third person. We'll call it Wario. And Wario is basically just hitting the mystery box over and over until they figure out the mystery box that they want to go with. Yeah, just as long as you're not expecting, like, this isn't going to be a WCW NWO reveal that Hulk Hogan's the third man. Like, I'm not expecting a big (laughs) reveal for who this third team is going to be, and it's just going to become this mega deal. I I just, I fully suspect, just again, because the Mavs have put a a deadline on this, the, the Nets and Mavs have already agreed to this trade in principle, I'm not expecting some big, just suddenly shocking other revelation that's going to come out of this deal. It's, it's to me, just all the ancillary pieces that could be important to their teams, but that not going to change the headline of Kyrie Irving heading to Dallas. Come on, man. You don't want the Hulkamaniacs running wild on you. <laughs> Come on. No, I agree. It's Drop good. the leg and ruin the trade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the, the people's eyebrow, like, come on. Now, I, in all seriousness, it's going to be some sort of bench player, some sort of yeah. three and mm-hmm. D type guy. Or a couple of picks, maybe some cash considerations that my favorite out of any trade out there in any sport. Like well, I, It's going to be something like that, that maybe there's a salary dump that a team's trying to put. It feels like it feels like that, that's what we're looking at here, right? A hundred percent. And the Nets have made it clear that they want to maybe take some of these assets that they've acquired in this trade and flip them to acquire more players to help them in the Eastern Conference, and maybe that's a part of this as well, where they you know, take some of these assets and just move them around in one deal versus trying to put together a second deal. But we will wait and see. If it, the, the deal has to be official within the next couple of hours, maybe we'll still know before the end of the show whether or not Nets-Mavs just two teams is on 
or if a third team has been added. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin, a wide receiver retires. And speaking of retirement, what do we make of Tom Brady's latest decision? That's right. He's still making more decisions. That's coming up next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. This new remix coming on the new album. Coming on the new album by Michael Rothstein. Can't wait to hear the entire single 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 and the entire album, if we're being completely honest. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel. He's Michael Rothstein. We're filling in for Canty and Carlin today. And those were noises that came out of Michael Rothstein's mouth earlier today. Hey, I'm just, and shout out to Eric and the crew um, who have done a great job of remixing it into really a, a single worthy release. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just here so I... Don't get fined, and I'm just here until that goes platinum, and then I can retire. <laughs> and then you're out of here. Then I yeah. Then Absolutely I can retire out. like Tom Brady. I'll do it on a beach. There'll be dogs walking in the background. My sand will go for ninety nine thousand dollars. I'll build a sandcastle in it. It'll be great. We'll get to Tom Brady in just a second because he did indeed retire um, last week. But AJ Green decides to hang up the cleats today. The former Cincinnati Bengal, most recently of the Arizona Cardinals, he decides to hang it up. He was somebody early that just dominated and was fantastic, made a couple of all-pro teams when he was a member of the Bengals, but just could not stay healthy. Michael, when you think of A.J. Green, what do you think the legacy of his career is? Hall of Very Good Receiver. Yeah, mm-hmm. not he'll get on that semifinalist list for the Hall of Fame. He might get into the final fifteen once or twice. He had the unfortunate reality of playing a position that is overloaded with an incredible amount of talent at this particular moment. So I don't know if he gets in the Hall of Fame. But AJ Green, really, really fantastic career. He played not his first nine years with the Bengals, five straight thousand yard seasons. That's that's a hall of pretty good career because the back half of his career he didn't quite put up that type of production. Uh, listen, congratulations, AJ Green. Seriously, congratulations. Yeah. Tremendous career, tremendous career to play that long 
and it, the front part of it was tremendous. But y- you mentioned those five consecutive 1,000 seasons to begin his career. Yeah, from there on out, two seasons with more than 900 yards after that stretch. And if you want to be considered one of the all-time greats, if you want to be have your name be in consideration to actually go into the Hall of Fame, longevity is a thing. Longevity, unless you have been absolutely dominant, and I guess the, the you know the, the Gale Sayers of the world, the um, Terrell Davises, the guys who had shorter careers but were really dominant, they got in. A.J. Green, you weren't as dominant as you probably needed to be over that five-year stretch if you wanted to be considered for the Hall of Fame. Ends up playing a few more years after that. Obviously, just not as productive. Incredible talent. Great talent, as you mentioned. But he doesn't rise to that level of Hall of Famer to me. Well, also, you have to look at the era of guys he played with, right? Julio Jones. Calvin Johnson. DeAndre Hopkins. Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase, he's playing in the golden era of receivers. He has that stat line as a tight end, has that stat line as rushing yards as a running back. It's a different conversation. He's probably much closer to the Hall of Fame. But as a receiver right now, that backlog will be so heavy that I just can't see it happening for him. But listen, great career. Not everybody has to be a Hall of Famer. I don't remember whether the Cincinnati Bengals do a ring of honor type of thing. I believe they do. I'm sure he will be placed in it. Yeah, uh, he's second all-time in the uh, Bengals franchise rankings in receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns, most 100-yard receiving games in franchise history with 33. Uh, Finishes career with 10,514 yards, 70 career touchdowns. Again, fine career. Yeah. Just probably going to fall a little bit short, especially with the way the game has changed over the last 20 years or so with the emphasis on throwing the football in production, what that wide receivers have. Two all-pro nods, seven Pro Bowls. Again, Hall of very good, borderline Hall of Fame career. But he he's the type of guy, Gabe, that you know how there's that veterans committee now that puts guys in way, way past when they've played? He may very well get in in a veterans committee situation. That that His career screams to me a guy that people will look at 25, 30 years down the road and say, you know what? All of his contemporaries are in. He was really just as good as a lot of those guys. So he gets in that way. But I don't know if he gets in the normal way, the modern era candidate way. Yeah, especially if you get a couple players, you know, some defensive backs who maybe played against him on that committee eventually down the line and go, hey, you guys don't understand how good this guy was to go up against. And that's how some of these guys have eventually made their way into uh, the Hall of Fame. Meanwhile, there's somebody who announced his retirement just five days ago. That's quarterback Tom Brady. And a lot of people went, oh, yeah, of course he's going to retire. He's got that cushy Fox gig that's going to be uh, coming up, and he's going to be in the booth making all that money uh, to be a broadcaster for Fox. However, today... Uh, Brady saying that he is not going to begin his work as a Fox sports broadcaster until the fall of 2024. So he will not be working for Fox this upcoming season, saying the reason is, quote, I want to be great at what I do. And that always takes some time, strategizing, learning, growing, and evolving. I have so many people to rely on and support me in that world, too. It's going to be a great opportunity for me to take some time to prepare for my Fox broadcasting job, but also catching up on other parts of my life that need some time and energy. So that contract is still there for Fox, but we are not going to see Tom Brady in 2023. Well, we'll see him. He's he's not going to disappear from Instagram and from Twitter and from t- we're going to see a whole Especially bunch of Tom Brady. Especially if you saw the picture he decided to post today. Yeah, we're, we're not going to see the last of Tom Brady. It's not like he's going to go and 
go into like a cave for a year or go with Cliff Kingsbury on a one way trip to Tahiti that we don't or not Tahiti, Thailand that we don't know if Cliff Kingsbury has returned yet. To me, Tom Brady is just saying, I want to make sure I'm good at this because we've seen guys who have gone right to the booth, Drew Brees, and it has gone very badly for them. Tom Brady <laughs> has never wanted to go and be bad at anything or just wing it. So I, it would not shock me if he it basically sits and watches a ton of games this year, takes notes so that way he knows once he steps in exactly how he wants to approach this and also gets some chemistry sessions with whoever he's going to be hosting with. Yeah, the NFL does broadcasting camps. Maybe he attends a few of those just to try to get, you know, a little bit of experience, even <laughs> practice calling some games before he dives in and does those games over on Fox. Coming up next, tonight, media night for the Super Bowl. We're going to talk to a Super Bowl champion that knows all about media night next on Canteen Carly. Uh, excuse me, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, weekdays at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen and watch on the ESPN app.